Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor, a local church elder, or a, a volunteer in a local church involved in some ministry, we're delighted that you've joined us and are a part of our program today. Joining us today is Pastor Jerry Page. Jerry, good, welcome. Good to be with you, Anthony. It's great. Jerry, of course, you're the ministerial secretary for the, the Adventist Church, the World Church, and a pretty big responsibility is on your shoulders. Yeah. Thanks for finding the time and, and being with us today. It is a joy to be with you. Now, the topic that we're excited about discussing together is pastors' training and training elders, training volunteers mm -hmm. for ministry. Right. I'm excited about this, and I'm yeah. sure you are too. I am. And I think it's one of the most important topics out there to really see the church move forward and, and get to the mission and get it done is what, if, what should pastors be doing, what should members be doing, and how do we work together in the body of Jesus? Exactly. Now, if this is so important and so significant, is there something in the biblical text that we can take from this and, and make it kind of a, a foundation for our practice of, of training the members? Yeah. I like it. Go clear back to the very first commission God gave the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Uh, okay. It's very clear, this uh, concept of the priesthood of all believers. Exodus 19, 5 and 6, and this is right after chapter 18 when Jethro was counseling Moses to uh, delegate a little more. Right. He says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom with priests? No. No, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So from the very beginning, he said the children of Israel would all be ministers and we should all minister and to the Gentiles along the way. Instead, by the time Jesus came, uh, they weren't even talking to Gentiles or getting close to them and they missed the Messiah. So it sounds like that the, the, the priesthood wasn't exclusive. This was something that no. everyone was a part of. It's true. Later, God, after dancing around the golden calf, gave them the Levites, but he wanted them all to be ministers, to be a priesthood of all believers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's Exodus. Yes. Have you got something else for us? Yeah, then after the, the Hebrews missed their, their calling and their mission, uh, then, of course, he gave the Christian church the same commission in 1 Peter 2, um, 9 and 10. He says almost the same words. It's interesting, Anthony. He, he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So as Christians, he's given us the same calling to be a priesthood of all believers. But it wasn't very long, and we ended up depending on the clergy, and you know, a typical member couldn't even uh, do anything in the church. They had to just kind of watch the priest face away and, and do the mass and those things. So, and today, we still struggle with that. What is the pastor's role, and what is the member's role in the body of Jesus? Mm, okay. So that's something from the Old Testament yeah. and, and the New Testament in Second Peter. Now, I think you're wanting to go over to Ephesians. There's something special yeah. from there that you'd like to share with us as well. It's this job description, I think, of, of different spiritual gifts, ministries, and you know, spiritual gifts are such a key for the church moving forward. But when it's talking about the spiritual gift of pastor and teacher, verse 11 and 12 of Ephesians 4. Okay, so Ephesians chapter yeah. 4. Verse 11 and 12. Right. It says, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. What's their purpose? For the equipping of the saints, 
all the church mm -hmm. members, mm -hmm. for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, uh, and then it goes on saying, we'll all come in the unity of the faith and uh, grow up into the stature of Jesus and there'll be wonderful unity and growth in the church. If we realize our role as pastors and teachers is to equip church members for their service instead of doing everything ourselves. Yeah, that's really quite clear, isn't it? <laughs> it is. The, 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 the texts that you've shared with us are very clear indeed. I wonder, Jerry, was, has something happened in your ministry, in your own personal experience, that's led you to, to see the importance of training? Well, over the years, it's just come home in so many different kinds of ways. You know, I was first a preacher's kid who got rebellious because my, my dad was a literature guy and my mom was a teacher, but they never got me involved in ministry. And I don't blame them, but it was a mistake and I got leading in the wrong direction. But I, in my first district, after I was converted and got in a little district down in southern Illinois, uh, they wanted me to go into a county without a church and plant a church and had two little churches in different directions. And I worked very hard, Anthony. You know how it goes with pastors. Yeah. Uh, I ran the wheels off my car and came home dead tired at night. Working day and night, you know, no doubt. You know how yeah. it is. But yeah. after several years, when I got a call to go somewhere else, I realized I'd made a big mistake because when I left, I thought, you know, what's going to happen when I leave? Well, the church had grown. We'd planted a new church. Lots of things were happening. But I had done it mostly myself and not trained others. And I realized when I left, it all depended on who the next pastor was, whether things would continue or not. And uh, so I determined in my next district, I was going to do what the Bible said. I was going to train and equip others in the church for their own good, plus right. the growth of the church. And you did do that? Yeah, I did. And of course, my first approach was wrong. I thought everybody should give Bible studies. Okay. <laughs> so I headed into a lot of these Duquesne machines and everybody giving Bible studies. and. Uh, but I began to realize that Blanche, who was a wonderful Christian, who'd been working in serving and community services, was getting depressed because she wasn't good at giving Bible studies. But Rick, he worked in a grocery store, and I remember at night he'd come home, he'd give two or three Bible studies to people, and he was thriving. He had the evangelistic gift. And so uh, he was seeing people begin to be baptized, and he was happy. And I said, what's wrong with this picture? And then we began to study spiritual gifts and realize that God has made us all different, different mm -hmm. gifts and began to help people find their different ministries. And in a town where the previous pastor had left because he said it's too small, you can't grow the church here, uh, we ended up baptizing a lot of people in the next two or three years, 75 or 80, and the church grew because there was a working together of the different spiritual gifts. And, and the people were growing spiritually because that's what happens when we get involved in the kingdom. You know, it sounds like you're, you really built that ministry around the Ephesians 4 model, where the training revolved around the spiritual gifts right. of, of the members, and that seems to be a critical factor it is a key. in making it effective. It is a key. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for leading sure. us to, to this understanding, Jerry. And we're so glad that you've joined us. Stay with us. We'll be right back on how a pastor can effectively train the church members in, within the church, and all members can share a ministry together. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion, where we're exploring a very important topic of how a pastor can train the members and they can share that ministry together. And of course, joining us is Pastor Jerry Page. Jerry, training of members, you see it as very much a part of the job description of the pastor. How important is that? And, and what, what does it look like in a pastor's job description? Well, 
I'm reminded of a little story. Two pastors were talking one day, and the first one asked the other how big his church was, and the second man said, well, I have about a thousand members. And the first man was impressed. He said, you have a thousand members? That's a large church. He said, how many of your members are active? And the second man thought a minute, and he said, well, they're all active. And the first man was really impressed then. He said, you have a thousand members, and they're all active? How'd you do it? Wow. And uh, he said, well, there's about 200 that are active for the Lord. The rest are active for the devil. All right, okay. <laughs> so anyway, when you talk about why is it important, it's because God wants everybody involved. It's, it's what brings life to us. It's, it's what keeps us spiritually growing and alive. It's what makes our prayer life, you know, alive and, and meaningful if we're working for somebody else. So it's really um, a big mistake for us pastors to do too much of the work and leave our members sitting idly by. Uh, how to do it, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of different methods that we can look at and, and kinds of ways, but it really has to do with us investing ourselves in training them by being with them some. Uh, okay. Let's, let's come on to the, the, the training of members. So one, one method would be by modeling ministry. Yes. Do, do you see any other opportunities that a pastor has to, to train members besides modeling? Modeling, yeah. I think, is a very strong one. Sure it is. Well, of course, there's, there's seminars, there's bringing in speakers, and as you lead your people to understanding their spiritual gifts, then sometimes there's more general training on how to work with people and love them and, and witness, but then there's specific trainings. Is it in service or is it in community uh, help or you know, health ministries or is it in direct witness? You know, it depends on the gifts and so we, we can bring training in. But in the end, we've got to put them to work just as Jesus did. He, he was with his disciples. He poured himself into them. That was his method. But then he sent them out in the 12 and the 70. And then when they came back, they talked about what had happened. So we have to put them to work and let them do something. That's when it really, really happens. Yeah. Being active with the Lord, obviously. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Now, for a pastor or an elder who is interested in learning more about training and perhaps even being trained, yeah. is there some resources that you could suggest that would be particularly helpful? Resources that you've discovered that have been very helpful to you? Well, there are a lot of resources out there, and I'm sure pastors can find a lot of them. I, I brought three books that I think are classics today with me. One of them is Christian Service. Uh, it's by Alan White, and it's quite a, a right. tremendous book talking about the importance, you know, don't let the members depend on the pastor. We've got to put them to work for their own spiritual life. But then it talks about a lot of methods, too, and ways that uh, we can help uh, in, in the members' training. Okay. Um, Russell Burroughs got a number of books. People may have seen his books before, Revolution in the Church and Radical Disciples. and uh, That one look, looks Harvest. like you've done some work with that yeah, one, Jerry. Yeah, I, I got see. some little tags in it and stuff. But it's, it's really uh, good and practical methods. But one of the classics, and uh, I think it was Billy Graham, I got his quote here somewhere, that said this little book um, is uh, probably done more for the evangelization of the world in the last generation than any other book. And what is that book? It's called The Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman. And uh, it really takes Jesus' model, the master's plan of evangelism, and goes down through a number of steps, the principles, the key things that Jesus did with these 12 men that he threw his life into. And it's very, very instructive, I think, and has just really helped in terms of thinking about not having a program so much as a method of taking the right people. After much prayer, Jesus prayed all night before he chose his disciples, right. then spending time with them, actually letting them uh, soak some of your life up and see how you pray and teach and what you do, like they did with Jesus. But then uh, sending them out to do something and then bringing them back to, to dialogue about it. And, and then asking them to reproduce as well. And there's a number of principles in here that are really helpful. And uh, you can get this on the internet. 
Okay, so just that title again, Jerry. Make yeah. sure we, our, our viewers can see it's this. It's called the, Masters, the Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert E. Coleman. And you know, we, we might put these suggested resources up on our website, ministryinmotion.tv, so that people can, can come to our website and, and make sure that they catch all the yeah. details of that. So it, it sounds as though Coleman's book is, is very biblical in its basis yeah, and it is. is really following the master's plan. Christ's method. Of, of evangelism. Yeah, yeah which is and, ideal. You know, I think of that statement too, Christ's method alone will give us real success. And he mingled with the people. He was sympathetic with them. He met their needs. And then after getting their confidence, he said, follow me. And so whatever it is they do with members, it, it, to help them get involved with people, meet their needs, love them, God will show them then how to, to get them into a deeper ministry. Yeah. And if we may, could we come back to that first book that you, you referenced as well, Jim? Sure. Is there some pearls or some gems that have really stood out in, in that particular volume that, uh, that you'd like to share with us as well? This is Christian service? This is Christian service, yeah. I, I don't know if I had any of those marked out right now, Anthony, actually, but there's some tremendous statements uh, like this from the book of Evangelism, which is, I think, in there as well. Sometimes ministers do too much. They seek to embrace the whole work in their arms. And, you know, our pastors are working so hard. Uh, they're supposed to lay some of it down, although training is also a difficult work, I know. It absorbs and dwarfs them, yet they continue to grasp it all. They seem to think they alone are to work for the cause of God while the members of the church stand idle. But the greatest help, from Testimonies to the Church, Volume 7, that the greatest help that can be given our people is to teach them to work for God and to depend on Him, not on the ministers. So we, we help our people the most when we let them get involved, preaching, uh, doing things in the church, uh, working for others. It's, uh, it's something we need to, to just throw them into the task and then help them as they go along. And this is following that biblical model once again of the priesthood of all right. believers. Right of the, the harmonious working together of all the members mm -hmm. for, for the single cause of Christ. Amen. It's exciting, isn't it? It is. It really is. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that over the years, you've seen churches where pastors have trained the, the members of those churches very effectively. Yeah. And we're excited to hear some of the stories and the benefits of that training. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more of this topic, how a pastor can effectively train members in the church and particularly what a church looks like once it has been effectively trained and is working with Jesus along those lines. Stay with us. There'll be more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Today's topic, well, we're exploring how a pastor can effectively train members and volunteers uh, within the, the church. Jerry, I'm sure that you've seen some great things that have happened in many places where a pastor has effectively trained members within the church. Oh, yeah. Have you got some, some details for us, some stories? Yeah, I love the story of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Bill McClendon. They went in to plant a little church in, in an area, in a city, and uh, started out with a very small group, but he had a commitment to train his lay people, to get them involved in everything they did. And that church in just a few years grew to over six, 700 members. And I, wow. I went down there, they started bringing people in to see what was going on. And really when you got there, they had members that cooked food for the meal, Sabbath morning and Sabbath noon. 
They had uh, elders would meet you in the parking lot. They would uh, also come up and down the aisles and just visit with you. They had their people trained to love people when they came to church. Others were involved in other kinds of service and ministries. They held a number of outreach meetings and instructions. And so there were members that would do all kinds of things with those. So their members were very involved. But because of that, that church was growing dramatically in a city uh, and just they, somebody gave them property. They got a big church. It really became a mega church over a period of time. And to go there was just so excited because everybody was buzzing. They had their tasks. They had their spiritual gift ministry, and it was working. That, that is an exciting story. Yeah, it is. And, and listening to the story, it seems as though that the pastor wasn't so interested in maintaining power for yeah, himself. That's right. The pastor was more interested in empowering the church members. Yeah. For, for ministry. He was. The elders were very involved in all the nurture and the evangelism and the other things that were going on there. And so he had, he had really given away a lot of the, the service to others. And so the, the training seems to have been very practical yes. um, rather than didactic and mm -hmm. type of training. You, you described the importance of even meeting and greeting people, yeah. how to offer right. a, a genuine, sincere, warm welcome mm -hmm. to people right. coming to church, which is yeah. In my understanding, very important. It is, as well. and just cooking, cooking breakfast for them so they're happy when they get into the church, you know, exactly. <laughs> stuff like that. It's, it's, and it gives the members such practical things to do. They, they may not be preachers, but they can do their gift, and then they fit into the body. Yeah. Reminds me too of a Spanish church that I held a meeting in um, oh, a couple of years ago, uh, Visalia Spanish, and the pastor there again had so empowered his members, gotten them involved, and they were very much involved in all the types of outreaches they were doing. They're now building a church and they're involved in helping to build a building. And the, the members just were constantly busy. They had a social night for the kids. They'd got a gym nearby and they would have all kinds of activities for the young people and family life. And again, that church was just thriving. And again, I went in only for a short time to have a little reaping meeting, but they kept having reaping meetings all along because they had new people getting in, drawn into the different ministries and with their right. members. So they always had people ready to take their stand and, and want to be so. a part of this church. And it was, again, because it was a, an active, organized church where everybody was loving and drawing their friends, bringing their friends to the church, and it was good. So it's, listening to that story, it seems to be ownership again and, and activity. Right. And it, it it's not, doesn't seem to be pointless activity, no. but activity that revolves around ministry and, and service, service of others right. and offering a ministry for the benefit of others as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure spiritual gifts were an important aspect of, of they this, are. this Again, Spanish church. One of the resources we didn't mention earlier, but there are spiritual gift books and spiritual gift tests that can be given to help the members discover that. People will teach seminars on that. But I think that's a key to really helping the members find their comfort zone, their gift area, so that they're not trying to chop down a tree when they're a paring knife, you know, and they should be uh, peeling uh, apples for pie or something. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Now, Jerry... Any, any other stories where, yeah. where a, a church has really been thriving well, as a result? A number of stories. The, the larger, largest church, the Adventist church in the world right now, starts at 5 o'clock in the morning every day praying. And, uh, Let I me guess, just make sure I'm hearing yeah, you no, right. That's true. They get together, a lot of them, that at 5 a.m., not 5 a.m. And Mark Finley was asking why so early. And they said, well, our people have to go to work. They're professionals. They go to school. But that church has grown dramatically, has 117 church plants in Shenyang, China. The church itself has almost 7,000 members. Wow. And uh, they just basically come together. They pray a lot. Then they train the members how to just share their faith. They go out into parks and places nearby and just 
talk about Jesus. And then when they, they're on Sabbath, they're all there and they just love the people and they sing a song about Jesus being their friend and just draw them in. And it's amazing how that church is simple kinds of training is growing dramatically. Or the little church I think of in California that's out in the middle of an orchard, seven miles from a tiny little town, and they were down to 30 or 40 members. Looked like Just they were, 30 or 40? Yeah. That doesn't sound like Looked a Looked like church. they were dying, a little right. chowchilla. But the head elder and his wife got drawn into prayer ministries and training and just being a part of a conference uh, prayer team that was meeting and praying. Then they heard another elder talking about their church and how they'd taken prayer ministries as an intentional part of their strategy. And we're even going out and praying with people in the neighborhood and that kind of thing. And so this is praying with just yeah, people on the street? Just or? Even, even going to people in the community and saying, you know, do you have needs? Could we pray for you? We pray over here. Their prayer meeting on Wednesday night became a, a real prayer meeting where they would get together, pray the short sentence prayers back and forth and pray over specific things, write down the, the requests. They were seeing the answers. Church service, they had a special prayer time. They'd have testimonies. But they also committed to just love the people when they came. And they began to ask God, send us people. Mm. And in this little place, way out in the country, people began to show up that they didn't have any idea how they came or why they were coming. They just felt impelled and they came out there. The church now has somewhere 90 to 100 attending every Sabbath. And uh, wow. really they track it back to the power of prayer in that ministry, which uh, is also, Ellen White talks in one place about the spiritual gifts, also including the gift of prayer, the mm -hmm. gift of writing, the gift of music, some of those other kinds of gifts. So. Uh, that's just another little example of a, a tiny church that began to get everybody involved in the way that they could. But prayer is a major ministry they did. Wow. So just listening to these stories, there seems to be a, a common thread. There seems to be the pastor who trains mm -hmm. the, the members, a pastor who empowers the members. The, the, the members are trained in association with their spiritual gifts mm -hmm. so that there's a, a, a comfort level. Prayer is another theme mm -hmm. that I heard coming through Holy and Spirit. activity. Now, you were the, the church leader over in California. Right. Let me ask you another question. Mm -hmm. Those churches that were active, where members were actively working and ministering, using their gifts, what was missing in those churches that you particularly noticed as an administrator? Was perhaps yeah. conflict missing yeah. in those churches? They were, the, they were the least critical and grumpy because they were working for people. You know, folks that get involved, that are working for others, as pastors know, they're some of the sweetest, best people you've got because they're praying. They want their friends to come to their church and find a happy environment where they can be drawn in. So they're not as quick to criticize and they're not spectators sit back and criticize like the children of Israel did. But uh, when somebody's involved, they're praying for their pastor. They're praying for the people that come in and, and it just changes the whole tone in the church. Wow. And wow. the youth, uh, we had tremendous things going on with the youth too. They got involved in student literature evangelism and. Bible work and all kinds of witnessing. And when you throw young people into ministry, it changes their thinking about Jesus and their praying to Jesus and everything they do. I just wish that had happened to me younger. I think I could have skipped a little detour there, Anthony. Thanks so much, yeah. Jerry. Thanks for joining us. And we're delighted that you've joined us as well. Today's program has been all about pastors empowering and training the members of their church. We've shared with you some resources. Those resources are available on our website, ministryinmotion.tv. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email us. The email address is feedback at ministryinmotion.tv. And we hope that you'll join us for our next program as well. But until then, may God richly bless you in your ministry.